It's like ADP for THC. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Lorian and Spencer. Bowl after bowl. Bowl, bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowlafterbowl.com. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Wow. I am really high. So when are we smoking some weed? I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. I feel stupid now. Um, it's the weed. 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 And you're in the bowl on a Tuesday night. Feeling all right. It is January 26, 2021, and you are listening to episode 60 of the Bowl After Bowl podcast. Can you believe it? I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I'm Sir Spencer. And Wolf, I- Wolf of Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Dame DeLorean. Dame DeLorean. Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And we're here to bring you cheer. Just to relax. Welcome to the new people listening out there. Welcome to the old friends tuning back in. Just to get a little bit more of it. You know how the bowl goes. The only rules in here that we make are the ones we intend to break. And other than that, we're just hanging out having a great time. Every token Tuesday. Every token Tuesday. It is the same. And it's a little different. What can we say? We like to be predictably unpredictable here at Bowl After Bowl. You know who else is going Bowl After Bowl? Who's that? The Kansas City Chiefs. Oh my god, they're going to Super Bowl after Super Bowl, aren't they? (laughs) Yep. Pretty cool. Bowl After Bowl till he's sick. My man Patty's going to be sick of them bowls after a while. But before the um, AFC Championship game... The mayor was already saying, like, well, if they get to the Super if they win the Super Bowl, we're not going to celebrate with a parade. Like, we won't be doing a parade. Yeah, it's he's already pre a parade. Which I don't get, because things have been opening up since Biden uh, showed up in the White House. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Or in front of the White House. I don't know if I've seen him in the White House. Wherever, wherever the he's at. The pictures are suspicious. Wherever he's at. Yeah, we have a little bit to talk about about that. But first, we're going to get our thank yous out of the way. We usually like get to gabbing and then like leave the thank yous buried deep in the show. But why not thank some people like right off the bat? As always, we want to shout out No Debit for setting up this wonderful stream. If you're listening live... That's all his doing. So you can thank No Debit in the chat. Thank you. If you want to go to the chat, that's at bowlafterbowl.com slash listen hyphen live. You can find the stream link there. You can find the chat link there. You can find an OnlyFans link there. You can find just about any link that has to do with the show and what we make and what we put out there. And uh, I want to thank a couple of producers this time, specifically Dwadnam coming in at the top with a Bitcoin donation. So if you go to the website, 
uh, bullafterbull.com, there is a donate button. And from there, you got our PayPal link. You also have a little uh, BTC Pay server button. It's all cute. You can slide it. The default's like four twenty, I think four four dollars twenty. Oh, but you can slide that. Where much easier is to type it in because I think that slider goes all the way up to four hundred and twenty dollars. So it slides like very crazily. And so you might as well just punch something in really specific. Uh, Duana sent twenty three buckaroos. All right, thank you, Duo. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And then we also had an anonymous user come in Ooh. in this past week. Um, in fact, from my side, technically, Dwanum could have been an anonymous user too, but he let us know in the chat that he sent it in, or I would have missed it entirely. Um, but yes, we also got another donation, 10 bucks. Thank you, whoever you are. If you would like credit on the show, uh, just shoot me an email, Spencer, at bullafterbull.com. Or you could tell Lorian if you don't want me to know. Hers is Lorian at bullafterbull.com. And uh, we can get you that credit on the show. Or if you may wish to remain anonymous, you can do it through uh, BTC Pay. I'll never know who you are. And it will come through anyway. So it's kind of nice to have. And uh, thanks so much. We are a value for value podcast. Uh, most of you know what that means. It just means that uh, what we do here, we put it out there for free for you guys. And if you like it, if you got anything out of it, if you received value, you can send us value back in the form of uh, digital or U.S. dollar currency. In fact, the USD you send through PayPal is pretty much digital anyway. If you think about it, no cold hard cash or anything, you know, it's just numbers on a screen. So another way you can provide value is to send in clips, ideas, voicemails. We have a voicemail line and we always do a topic every week. The first time I ever, uh, we shorten that to FTIE. F-T-I-E. And this week we're talking about the first time I ever uh, bought legal weed. And you know, silly me, I haven't updated the topic in the chat, so it shows us last week's topic, which was the first time I ever called into a radio show. That was a fun one that we talked about a little bit. Um, but yes, this week is going to be the first time I ever bought legal weed, ever, you know, went in and bought pot and got a receipt for it. Tell us all about it. It's easy to do. Call 816 you call, you leave, we play. That's as simple as how it works, pretty simply. And thanks again to Sir Seat Sitter for that wonderful voicemail jingle, letting everybody know what the voicemail line is. We're going to be sitting down with him tomorrow, actually. Uh... Doing, yep. a, doing a little abs in a six-pack action. Talking a little bit about uh, the JFK assassination, which has always been a topic that fascinated me. We talked a little bit about it probably about a month and a half ago on a show as the uh, FTI topic that week was first time I ever realized the government had lied to me. And that was mine. That was baby's first red pill in like junior year of high school. Was that, uh, you know... Lee Harvey Oswald did it with three shots with a rifle from the uh, sixth floor of the school book depository building there in Dallas, Texas, which just does not add up when you look at how many people got shot how many times and where they got shot. Uh, we don't buy that shit for a second. So anyway, it should be a good uh, discussion. I know that uh, Sir Seat Sitter will be bringing tons of 
knowledge himself. He's got a stack of info. It might even bleed into another episode. I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. We're going to find out. We're going to find out together. Um, It's funny because I'm kind of going into hermit mode because of class. It's the last two weeks, so we're in final project, and it's like the final sprint. You know, it's the last kind of... It's the last hurrah, and it's... uh, Hey, C-Mike's in the chat. Welcome, C-Mike. He says he's been busier than a three-legged cat trying to bury a turd out on a frozen lake. I can definitely empathize definitely empathize yeah like i'm saying we went into final project yesterday and you had three options to choose for the final project so you could build a um a couple of different things what was it i don't know the, i picked a job board okay so like an internal job board that a company would use to post jobs and uh kind of manage applicants and manage different things like that um there's another one called Scheduler where you could schedule things like, um, it, you know, say you had a laptop repair shop, then you could uh, book appointments to have the repairs scheduled. And then you've got like a, you have to build logic that limits the number of appointments that you can make and keeps track of everybody's shit, basically, you know. Okay. Or like, you know, Fletcher could do a uh, musician repair shop tool if he picked that project. And it would track uh, all of the owners, quote-unquote owners, that would be the customer, and the owner property, that would be all the things that they bring in for repair or whatnot. And then your uh, allotted time slots for however many things you can fix in a given day. Cool. And then there was a third one, I just I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, but you went with the job board. I went with the job board, because so another project that we had was a storefront, which is basically just a... Shop that shows you all the different online craps and uh, make a working session shopping cart that you can add stuff to, all that good stuff. So my storefront was a coffee shop, and so I figured, well, I'll just get the job board and build it into the coffee shop kind of model because my branding is already there and color scheme and all that. I can just make it the same. But I also want to be able to have a product that you could put any company in. You know, Sure. So that's what I'm working on the next two weeks, and Ooh. then presenting it to um, hungry employers, I guess. Oh, yeah? Seeing if I can get some kind of work out of it, you know. That's it's, the goal. It's been nice. The last couple of weeks, though, uh, so we did a group project last week. It was really a pair project, so it was me and another student putting this together. And that ne- that second rep, whatever it is, man, building MVC applications like... That second time you go from square one through and build one all the way out, and you're not, like, just typing along whatever somebody else is typing, but you're actually doing it yourself, I feel, like, so much better with all of the stuff that goes into it and what, what's going on and how it all works. It was kind of getting to the point where I was like, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, <laughs> you know? But um, I feel much better now um, plugging everything in and scaffolding everything out and... Making these, uh, making these apps. Cool. I can't wait to be done so that I can pick up all of my scatterbrained side projects that I love to do. But this past couple weeks, man, I haven't even been listening to shows. I was on campus last Thursday, so it was the first time I missed No Agenda Live in at least a year. Um, womp womp. I had to grab the hogs last night because I missed two hog stories in a row. But uh, I got that, so 
back I'm back in the smoker for a night. We'll see what happens on Thursday. I might be in crunch time Thursday. I'm not sure. But uh, it's also good to have hermit mode in your cycle. You know, you got to cycle into hermit mode every once in a while and walk away and all of that good stuff. Sure. And uh, yeah, the end is near. The end is near. It's the final stretch. If there's any time to slack off, it's not these next two weeks, you know? Totally. There's also the project that we got assigned the very first week that I've been blowing off. That's like the last portfolio project I need to polish up. So I was up late. I was up late last night trying to polish that out. It's mostly done, but. Is that the most boring project? Yeah, it's like, (laughs) uh, it's just one that I'm not like super excited about. And it also isn't an MVC. It's just a plain HTML site, you know? So while it's important to know all of that stuff, it's not like super sexy and exciting and something that I'm like, oh yeah, I want to get into it and I want to do it all. Oh yeah. Mm. But I'll get it done. Promise. It was a crazy fast course though. It How is. How many months? Uh, four months, basically 13 weeks, 13 weeks of class. Okay. But it was like 400 plus credit hours, right? Yeah. It's There's a long, crazy. it's a long, uh, it's, it's a lot by hour just because it's, you know, eight to four every day. So, you know, it's not like a college university thing where you're just a little tiny bit at a time. It's like the whole day you're yeah. in there. So it's very intensive. But there's part of me that kind of wishes it was longer now that I'm into it. But I will say that the fact that it was so short was one of the only reasons that I signed up in the first place. It was just like, you know what, I can bite the bullet, start in October, be done in February, and just like be on a new path. Be on a new path. Yeah. See, Mike is confused because we uh, changed our show start time. Um, it's actually nine now, although we do start late typically uh, in good stoner fashion. We start maybe like 15 minutes late or so. But uh, yeah, nine central is the new time for about six weeks now or something like that. I don't know. For bowl after bowl well, on Tuesdays. It, it <laughs> mainly started actually when I started the class because I just needed to go to bed at a reasonable hour. And it was getting to be like 2, 2.30, 3 in the morning when we'd go to bed. Whatever. We were staying up till 4.20 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it'd be 4.20. Yeah. I mean, the earliest would be like 2. Yeah. 2 would be a good night. So now we can actually get to bed. We can do it by midnight, actually, if we don't get distracted and we <laughs> actually publish this shit right away after we, we finish up. But uh, so it's just been a better start time for us. Yeah. We've got it down now. Got it down. We got it to a... Uh, uh, just about a science, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So the magic number popped up in the NFL this week. Ooh. Because Brady, Tom Brady, won his 33rd playoff game. Wow. How about that? Mm. And then, uh, let's see. Sir Seatser sent me a story, which uh, managed to make it into my top 333 of the week. Oh, nice. The FBI found 33 missing kids. In an anti-trafficking operation. Wow. Yep. Operation Lost Angels in Southern California. Oof. I bet there's a lot more than 33 missing down there. For sure. And my last one brings us back around to politics. Biden signs a record 33 executive orders in one week. Oh, man. No way. That's what the headline says. It was 33? Mm-hmm. Of course it was 33. Says uh, he signed more than three times as many orders as the previous four presidents combined. Jesus Christ. In in that amount of time. In that mean. amount of time. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, I saw everybody else typically did in the first week like four to six, something like that. I don't know, but I like that video where he says, I don't even know what I'm signing. <laughs> and then oh, man, there's been someone so in much. purple. Maybe so much stuff. You want to go over all the stuff? Yeah, let's go over the stuff. I like stuff. We've been keeping kind of a list of the Biden transition anomalies, we're calling it. And some of this has been discussed. Some of it hasn't. Some of it actually has been sort of resolved, I think. But I want to lay it on you. I want to get feedback and I want to hear what you're hearing. Because it's tough. They've got like a they got a wall around DC still. They've got like enormous military presence in DC still. Um, the fifty state big violent protest that was predicted went absolutely nowhere. Um, I saw pictures <laughs> of a couple places that had like one lonely dude with one a flag person. outside of the state house. That's what you know? I was like, gonna say. Yeah. Um. So, so much for that, but, um, they're still sending soldiers out there from what I've, from what I'm reading. And I really don't trust just about anything, you know, cause what are you, what are you going to do? You're going to look at an official source, which we know is almost certainly horseshit, or you're going to look at just a citizen journalist, which is just a dude tweeting, which is also probably horseshit. So yeah. we live in like a... Everybody likes to walk around saying, oh, we're living a time where all of the world's knowledge is at our fingertips. But it's just not even close to true. The background behind Joe, behind Creepy Joe in the Oval, people are noticing there's no, like, trees like there was when Trump was sitting at the desk. There's, like, a lot of trees and stuff. And you can just see, like, a driveway right now. Now, it is winter, so there's not going to be a lot of foliage, like leaves on the trees, right? But you would expect maybe still some branches or something. Yeah. I, oh. I was going to say, I saw a side-by-side comparison of two photos there, and yeah, it was just like a bunch of cars parked. The difference <laughs> is pretty Biden. stark. Now, some of you with the longer memories might remember, I think it was, on, I want to say like 2013 or something, they were renovating the White House, and there was a story about how they made a replica Oval Office for Obama during mm. that uh, during that time when they were like renovating the Oval, redecorating. I don't know what the hell they were doing in there, but they made a replica Oval for him. Um, Still inside the White House? I don't know. I'd have to revisit the the article, but I do remember it. Uh, and you got to wonder: maybe he's on a set, maybe he's in that thing that they built, maybe he's somewhere else. Who knows where he is? Um, you brought this up to me about the 21 gun salute. So typically that will be ushering in at the inauguration. The new president gets a 21 gun salute. Just kind of like a, you know, hee-haw respect for you guy move. And, uh, they're saying that it was like a 30 gun salute for Biden, which is used in two cases. It's either used at military funerals or it's used to honor foreign dignitaries. Oh, wow. So you really got to wonder, I mean, I'm not really a military guy, so like I said, I'm just throwing these things out that I have seen that I've come across in my traversing uh, all different weird corners of the web. And I would love feedback on some of this stuff, or even if you call tonight or if you send me an email. uh, Surely we've got some, I I know for a fact we got some military listeners out there. 
what is that all about? And I know that military takes um, procedural things and symbolic things very seriously. There's like not really a lot of precedent for going outside of precedent. Yeah. So why was this different? There's so many things that are different. The inauguration was early. Right. Yeah. So he was sworn in, what, like 15 or 20 minutes early. So Trump was still technically president. Not, not at noon, uh, as is the tradition or custom or whatever. Now, I'm open-minded, too, that, you know, some of these things may be being made mountains out of molehills. It just feels weird. It feels off. And, you know, we left you last week saying that no matter what happened, that it, things were going to be weird. And they've been weird. Things have been weird, for sure. I don't really know what to think. Trump flew out of D.C. on Air Force One, which doesn't happen. Former presidents usually leave on something like what Biden flew in on, which is a chartered jet. <laughs> so Biden comes in on a chartered jet, and Trump leaves on Air Force One. Okay. Um, now, where did he go to? He went back home. This is something that I think is the most interesting. He went back home to Palm Beach, Florida, where he lives at Mar-a-Lago. Now, what is Mar-a-Lago? It's a famous mansion, but more recently, it's been referred to as the Southern White House. He built a skiff in there. He built all kinds of, um, you know, he's got the secure landline in there. He's got all of the tools that he mm. needs to do his job at Mar-a-Lago. And they've done stories about that in the last four years about how he set up Mar-a-Lago to basically be the White House away from the White House. So, you know, aside from maybe like holding the office itself, he's got everything else that a guy would need to make calls, make moves, and have private conversations all down there. Um, so, I mean, it's it's been weird. It's been a weird week. It's kind of what I want to talk about. It's been a weird week because it seems like for me, it's tough to talk to people right now about any kind of current event or politics thing at all, no matter who it is. Um, there's a few different chunks of people, it seems like. A lot of people who were like all in on Trump and love Trump are now like very disheartened and they're just like, the next four years are fucked and it's over and everything's over. So they don't want to talk about shit. Uh, there's another group of Biden voters, um, and they're kind of split too. Well, I should say the other group of Trump voters first. The other group of Trump voters are like the, you know, party line Republican guys who've been Republicans for a while, and they're almost kind of relieved. They don't care as much that a Democrat is in so much as they don't have to like deal with the Trump stuff anymore. Like Trump was just like too much. They miss George W. Bush, uh, and, they just think like, oh, it's going back to like normal party for them, which I think is totally incorrect. Um, well, the GOP will never be the same, no matter what happens in the next year. The GOP is not ever going to be the same again. They're going to have a fucking hard time fundraising uh, after showing virtually no support or backing of, of Trump during like the roughest time that he had in the past three weeks. And... With this upcoming impeachment trial, it's just going to get worse. I mean, you got Liz Cheney, who helped uh, the Democrats move the impeachment forward. You've got the five senators today who voted to help move the impeachment forward. You know, Mitt Romney's like nothing new. He's been a snake for the longest. But, you know, and, and Murkowski's been always wishy-washy. But uh, 
I really think it's going to be more politically damaging to these people than they realize right now. The Biden side of voters, you've got a chunk of people who are just gleefully gleeful that Trump lost. And that's the only thing that they cared about for the last four years. And so they're just like pants on fire gleeful about everything. And they think everything is just like absolutely coming up daisies. And then there's also a half of Trump, uh, or excuse me, of Biden voters who are hitting the Biden regret. A lot of union guys who were told by their union to back Biden. And then he immediately... (laughs) Puts the kibosh on Keystone XL Pipeline. Uh, Like, that's a big fucking surprise to anyone. I don't know how you can be surprised by that. I don't know how you can be caught off guard by that. The, I mean, Joe Biden is third term for Barack Obama, is what's going on right now. Yep. I mean, you've even got Jen Psaki at the podium talking to everybody. (laughs) Like, it's all the Obama stuff, and you can guarantee Obama is, like, front and center behind the scenes calling shots and telling people, like, who to hire and what, and what to say and what policies to uh, push forward. And for sure, whoever pulled strings on Obama, too. But, I mean, that's the general thing that you've got installed over there, whatever is going on. It's the Obama thing. And one of his biggest things was trying to kill Keystone. So how you can be surprised by that, I, I have no idea. How, how is that surprising? So it's really, it's been tough for me because... Where I'm at is like, I like to talk weird shit and I like to be a little bit open minded. And I really don't feel like it's, uh, I don't really feel like it's over for Trump. I feel like people who have always, pe- people historically who have said it's over for Trump have to- totally been caught off guard or proven wrong in the long run. And I think betting against Trump in the long run never pays off. And so. It looks really weird right now, and it looks like he's, you know, Trump's gone, Trump's done. That's what everybody's saying. You know, meanwhile, yesterday, <laughs> he establishes the office of the former president. Like, what a yeah. fucking, what a, <laughs> the ultimate troll, dude. Savage. I mean, he just p- making them pay for the precedent they set of the office of president-elect, you know? Right. It's like, well, we can do that, too. Yep. We can do it a little differently. So now... In Palm Beach, there's the office of the pres- the former president. And just like all former presidents, he still retains the title of president. So when he's like putting out press, press uh, statements or anything, he signs him President Donald J. Trump still, you know? It's just, it's just hilarious. And it's only week one, you know? Things only getting started. If you think that Donald Trump is just going to go away and golf for the rest of his life, then... I can tell you that you have not studied anything about Trump in his whole life. And I think that's the biggest thing that people don't get. Like most people like who who love or hate Trump doesn't matter. Most of them have only read like headlines and internet memes about Trump and what he's done. They've not read his book. They've not watched, you know, the like what we did when we when he got elected. We sat down and we watched every episode of The Apprentice. I mean, just just study study Trump, study his moves and see what happened. See what he did. I'm not counting him out, dude. I'm just not going to count him out. I think that this. I think it would be silly to, whether you love him or hate him, I think it'd be silly to say, oh, he's done because of because the Democrats stole an election, because the Democrats stole an election that he's done forever. I don't. I don't see that. Now, I you know I could be confused and misguided. I'm just a simple retard in his basement right now. But that's just what I'm seeing, and that's what I'm. 
it's impossible to say that to anybody because they all get triggered as fuck. No matter what, no matter what they were saying two weeks ago, you can't say that to anybody anymore. It's crazy. But I'm I'm glad I got you guys in the smoker to bounce or in the <laughs> god damn it in the bowl. I you know I talk to people in the smoker too. Let's not discriminate. But I'm just glad I got you guys to vent this out because I cannot talk to anybody. Nobody's you know you can't even mention you can't even hint at stuff. Yeah. Well, you can't stump the Trump. That's what I learned. <laughs> I think I think it's uh, I think it's damn near impossible to stump the Trump and and I think it's far from over. Let's see what else is on the. Um, I would really love, I just saw like a QRD, some fucking green text about colored shoes. Somebody mentioned something was off with the color of shoes or having colored shoes. I don't know what the fuck that means. And I tried to research it and I couldn't figure it out. If anybody knows what the colored shoes meme is, let us know. And I'm still trying to research that, but I had it as a note here because it confused and intrigued me at the same time. The troops, the military presence. Right, there was tens of thousands. Right, I've I've seen so many different numbers. The one I've seen the most was thirty thousand, but and that was like a build up from. They said twenty over the weekend. There was more. There was twenty five. There was thirty thousand. There was kind of thirty thousand. But I've seen numbers up to sixty thousand, and oh, I think wow. those are, I think those are just pie in the sky. I don't I don't know. I would love to get an official report but that's another thing about military operations they're not going to tell you what's going on while it's going on so you know no matter what's going on we know that china's threatening around the world we know they want to reinvade taiwan and take it back um but internationally things look so tense and they've still looked like uh almost a game of international chicken or like you know nobody's really sure who's holding the bag Speaking of holding the bag, there's the whole thing about the football, the nuclear football. It's like a big-ass 40-kilogram leather briefcase that's always by the president. Um, Trump left with it. We know that on Air Force One. Now, I was reading reports that that's not necessarily unprecedented. Now, there can be more than one nuclear football. They basically have to make another one. They have to get encrypted codes and they have to uh you know go through a process to get satellite uplinks and encrypted codes and all that and build a new one uh so they can build a new one um but it's like there was there was no handoff at the inauguration like there usually is a handoff at the inauguration and it's usually just kind of like low-key in the background but still in plain sight and plain view of everyone you can see it go down where one soldier will hand it to another soldier and it's hmm. usually a soldier carrying that thing around near the president wherever he's going. So that at any moment he could authorize a nuclear strike. Since the nuclear age began, the whole, you know, we did the two on Japan. And then throughout the Cold War, the the main reason that no more nukes were launched and the main reason that the whole world isn't glassed by now is because of that mutually assured destru- destruction where it's like, well, we can't nuke them because they'll nuke us, and then everybody loses. So it, it does become an issue when you're like, nobody knows where the football is. Like, who's got the football? Who can throw it? Who can launch it? Nobody really... It's it's unclear. And I did see a story yesterday um, that talked a little bit about the nuke and about, um, about the football and, and showed it near Biden. So that was on my list until yesterday, but it appears as though he's got one. 
is it a prop? Is it real? I don't think we've ever truly known that about the football. It could be total lore, you know. Uh, there's definitely something, something to it, but it's it's very hard when when we've been lied to. I mean, the more important something is, the more likely we're lied to about it. Definitely. And so it's really <laughs> hard to just trust anything you're reading about, like in a publication, public knowledge. It's like, eh, is this really it? I don't know. I have my doubts. The guy you mentioned signed 33 executive orders. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned that uh, he didn't know what the hell he was signing at, at one. He was uh, heard saying, what am I signing here? Yeah. I would have clipped it, but it's kind of tough to hear. It's very hard to hear. Uh, you got to kind of crank it up. And I lo- someone in purple leans over. I was thinking it was Kamala. And is like, just sign it. Just, yeah, just <laughs> sign the thing. I'm like, geez, you don't say that to the president. <laughs> and there's a lot of images of him signing just blank-ass executive orders. Yes, no, he knows. When Trump would sign an EO or a bill or anything, he'd do it at the Oval Desk, do it with a big-ass Sharpie, mm-hmm. and then he'd hold it up to the camera and like pan it like, oh, see, 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 see? And then people would turn it into all kinds of different memes on both sides. Um, you're not seeing that from Biden. You are seeing what appear to be blank pieces of paper that he's signing, and you got to wonder... If that's a shop or not, you know, like, has it just been airbrushed out? What's the deal with the blank ones? It is weird. Yeah. Or is it like the lighting is hitting it in a way that you can't see anything? I don't know. It really makes me think. Uh, He did also sign a stack of these things. Definitely not in the Oval or in a replica of the Oval. He was at some other desk, some smaller desk. Now, that's the one where he's flanked by Kamala and Fauci. Oh, right. So why, yeah. like, Fauci's gooning around, I'm not sure, although we also saw reports that he is the highest paid federal employee, hmm. if you can believe that, makes like $418,000 a year to be wrong about fucking everything, which is incredible. Presidential salary, by the way, is 400 flat, uh, and Trump would always donate that to a um, federal department. So the guy's paid more than the president. I found that totally atrocious. Yeah. Um, and that's just on paper, you know? Right. Because then he's on the cover of magazines, looking lush by the pool and stuff. Well, you know, he's got <laughs> patents on all these different vaccinations and medications. So, you know, that's probably chump change for him as far as income. But the fact that he's pulling that in as well is totally insulting. Uh, Kamala was sworn in. And when she put her hand on the Bible, she had her purse under her hand. Like insulating her, I don't know. Yeah, like on uh, top of the Bible. It was like Bible, purse, hand. What's that all about? Can somebody explain this to me? Can somebody explain to me um, how how you swear in and you're not touching the Bible? And, you know, people have used different books. You can get... There's... House of Representative members have been sworn in on the Quran. People use the hmm. Torah. Um, you can pick your book, so it's not like she couldn't have like picked whatever book she's into, you know. But then she's got some purse in the way. Um, so what's that all about? I can't. Uh, I can't really figure that out. Biden looked like he got sworn in on the goddamn Necronomicon. <laughs> Did you see that thing? <laughs> I didn't. No. It looked like. Um, the never-ending story or something. It was like huh. a big-ass... Now, he's Catholic, so Catholics have some fancy-ass Bibles in, in some cases. So I don't know. 
I like I said, I'm just a fucking guy. I don't know much of uh, of specific things, <laughs> but I can look up the past inaugurations, and then I can look up this one. And this is like just I'm just playing a little bit of spot the difference. And there's a lot of differences to spot. Uh, everyone by now has seen the salute the Marines clip. <laughs> yeah, where he says to himself, "Salute the Marines." Right. As he's walking in. And uh, I've heard two trains of thought on this. The first I heard right out of the bat is like, oh, this stupid bastard heard in his earpiece salute the Marines, and instead of saluting them, he said it out loud. But then you told me a new angle. Which was that the Marines weren't saluting him. Right. And so he's like saying like salute the Marines or like salute Marines or something to the effect of like, you're supposed to be saluting me. Which brings up another issue, doesn't it? Um, every time, uh, big boss Trump got off of the fucking plane or out of the copter or into the copter or into the plane or out of the white house door or wherever the fuck the man was, the Marines always sharp saluted him and he almost always would salute them back. Yeah. Okay. A mutual respect thing. That's a very obvious visual public facing mutual respect. Biden ain't saluting the Marines. The Marines ain't saluting Biden. Haven't seen it seen uh when he was driving out from the inauguration they all like a great deal of them now not all of them but a great deal of them uh turning their backs as he as he drove by you know yeah i've seen that picture so it just makes you wonder there's a huge military presence but there also seems to be a lot of uh let's say hesitation or that you know the military clearly isn't all in on the new guy whether he's in or out or whatever, like there's wild speculation and that's not what I want to get into here in the bowl, wild speculation. But I just am, I'm just pondering these things. You know, a lot of these things are weird and strange that we've just not seen. And we're just not seeing them. What could all of this mean? Is, is it all just normal? Is it status quo? I think that it's not status quo. I think that that's the one thing that you can safely say is that the shit is not, going on normally or as planned or as it has in the past. Something is definitely different in a lot of different ways. Um, somebody was pointing out that he, over and over in a recent speech, was talking about as your commander-in-chief, as your commander-in-chief, as like one of those the lady doth protest too much things um, in talking about getting the vaccine out. Um, that, to me, didn't really raise a lot of red flags because the guy kind of is a rambler, you know? He's a rambler in a different way than Trump was a rambler, but he still rambles and like the words coming out of his mouth. I'm not really necessarily like combing with a fine tooth comb over, you know, definitely. He's just going to fucking say some shit, but he was locked out of the White House. What's that all about? So what's that all about? He gets to the White House and then he's just staring at the door like, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Something about, you know, we read something about how the the head usher or something had been fired just mere hours before. But, so we we saw the story and the awkwardness that he was locked out and waiting. But then there was no like, oh yeah, he got in at 8. Or he got in at 9. Or he got in ever. I haven't seen any confirmation. No. And you would think they would at least do like a, a set or put it out or like say something, right? Yeah. Just be like, oh, yeah, he made it in. I was even surprised they ran. I was surprised I saw that story that he was locked out in as many places as I did. But it did get picked up at a lot of places. Hmm. Um, then there's that picture of him walking 
with Kamala. And they're dressed like it's springtime. Yeah, that was another great one. Just came out over the weekend. I think it was Saturday where it was like, you know, some cheese ball. It's like it's first a- stroll in the White House garden or yeah. something. So him and Kamala walking around. But it's like a bright, sunny day. And they're not, you know, they're not looking like burning in the chair all bundled up. They're just wearing like normal outerwear. They are masked up, both of them. But... In D.C., it was freezing cold and cloudy all all weekend. Yeah. He doesn't have a suit jacket on. He's just in a button-up. So that yeah, obviously that obviously is a, is, a, is a photo from before. Now, that in and of itself, really most of these things in and of themselves aren't huge red flags. But that's one instance where you're like, okay, they had a fucking pre-stage photo that they pulled out of the archive to use for a social media post over the weekend. Like, that kind of thing probably happens... A lot, but it's just one more thing on my list here. I mean, I filled up a whole notebook page here. Yeah, of it's just, just weird so many little stuff. Things. It's it is. It's like the it's like death by a thousand cuts. It's like mm. one of these things on its own, whatever can totally slip by. But all of these things together. Now another thing is it's really tough to hide the unpopularity of Biden. Yeah, <laughs> his live streams get no views comparatively to a lot of the Trump live streams that we saw before. And you've got to imagine that they're trying to hammer the algos and, and, and help the numbers. You can watch throughout the day as they delete dislikes on YouTube. So that's definitely going on. The dislikes ratio the shit out of the likes. For the most popular president of all time, that got 81 plus million votes. Right. Which, by the way, last time Trump won with like 68, 69 million in 2016 something like that it might have been less than that um the guy outperformed obama in vote total i'm not seeing it and it's not it's not panning out uh in the metrics of popularity that you can look at so you've got to wonder about that they're 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 shaving those off you know they're just shaving them off the dislikes you can watch it go down and down now i'm surprised too that youtube hasn't totally done away with dislikes at all if you remember Netflix, you used to be able to rate those movies one to five stars on Netflix until maybe about four or five years ago, something like that, within the past five years. Uh, if you remember, Amy Schumer came out with her new special, uh, A Whale in Leather or something. I can't remember exactly what it was called. But, <laughs> but it got so hammered by one stars that over that fucking release... Her and, you know, the the machine she's attached to made such a stink that Netflix actually completely pulled the five-star rating system off. So you can't do five-star ratings for Netflix anymore. you got to keep in mind that Amy Schumer is the niece of Chuck Schumer. So she is connected. She's not just uh, some, uh, you know, nobody. Pulled herself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly wasn't her... Uh, comedic talent let's say that got her where she's at but anyway i'm just surprised that youtube still allows you to dislike anything at all and they keep track of the numbers in a real way uh you can see like i said if you can if you take screen caps throughout the day you can see they're obviously manipulating the totals but even manipulating the totals isn't getting them thumbs above you know thumbs up over thumbs downs and at this point I think it would just be cleaner just to do away with the thumbs up and down. So I wouldn't be surprised if something Mm. like that happens in the near future. 
Are they disabling comments on a lot of these too? On most of them they do. And then sometimes they'll have a, they'll go live and the comments will be enabled and it's just, it's just poo flinging the whole time. <laughs> of course. Uh, it's almost all poo flings. I saw one hilarious screen cap where some guy did like a, uh, very subversive comment and I can't remember exact nature of it, but it started with just came here to say pr- support president Biden, the most popular guy. And then like shat on him in the next two lines, but it was like chosen penned as a featured comment by the white house, whoever moderates it. I don't know if they read oh. the whole thing. Nice. <laughs> but they, I, I did see a screen cap of that that made me giggle. Um, good trolling. No tea tour. Is that the, when the first ladies right. meet? So traditionally, and you know, I mean, tradition is in the garbage can for sure at this point. And a lot of people blame that on Trump. I don't really have a lot of argument. Um, I think he came in like a wrecking ball and fucked a lot of things around that used to be done a certain way. So this could be just another one of those things. But yes, there's traditionally... Uh, the outgoing first lady gives a tour of the White House to the incoming first lady, a little like tea and a tour thing. Now, it's not as though the Bidens are any stranger to how to get around in the White House. They were there for eight fucking years. But, um, yeah, you know, this is another another check on the list of uh, things that did not happen that usually happen. White House blacked out at night since 120. This has been alleged... I haven't been able to find direct evidence or photos or anything of that, but I saw uh, a, in, a, in a few different forums, so it wasn't just in one place, but in a few different forums I've seen people allege that White House has gone dark, that a lot of different monuments in D.C. have been going dark at night. And the only thing that I've actually seen is a photo of the, the Washington Monument one night that was like totally blacked out. Um it's usually always lit up at night. So you've got to wonder what's up with that as well. Um, is, are people in there? Are they just in there like in the basement of the white house? What's up? What's going on with the dark white house? They should have it all lit up in like a rainbow thing, right? (laughs) Probably. Like Barry did with the rainbow. Um, you had the sunny stroll. You, you mentioned the, and the blanky O's. Yeah. So that's, that's most of my list, but guys help me out. What is going on? This is a very weird time. It doesn't feel real, does it? It doesn't feel... Uh, what, what, I mean, what's going on? It doesn't feel like we have anybody as president right now. That's how it feels. It doesn't feel like Trump's still in. I'm not trying to say that. And, you know, that's the first triggering I get when I even bring up the weird stuff to people like that I actually know. Like, No, I'm not trying to say that Trump is still the president right now. Like, I don't know. It doesn't. It does not feel like we have a president at all. That's what I'm trying to say. It feels like it feels like the car is just rolling down the hill with nobody driving it, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, I would agree with that. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I thought that the <laughs> the office of former president really gave me a chuckle. In fact, I this is what I really love. No agenda social over everything else is that was the first place I saw any mention of it, and it was just a image of the press release and usually if you see a fake of or a meme or some kind of joke because that's what I thought it was right at first I was like there's no fucking way this is real (laughs) uh but when you read it all it was like all the copy was legit all the copy was like 
okay, this is if he if he did it, this is what he would say, you know. You you know, usually if there's if it's a meme, then there's some kind of weird shit posty line in there somewhere, you know, that's just too extreme and unbelievable. But I was like I was like, tell me this is real because it looks legit. Like if this is a, if this is a, a, a joke or a goof, somebody did a really good job executing it. Turns out it's not bullshit. Turns out he did actually open one up. But when I first saw it on NA Social, I looked all over. I, I hit a few different uh, Google searches. I went over and checked the Donald, which is the Patriots or whatever the fuck they're calling it now. I looked at a lot of different places, couldn't find it anywhere. And that was like the main thing I was like, oh, it must, it must just be a goof or a meme or a gag. But then it ended up coming out and uh, the more mainstream reports started confirming it. And I saw it in enough different places. But bro, when they first put that press release out, nobody wanted to touch it. And I can just imagine all the newsrooms just being like, emergency meeting, we have to figure out how we're going to fucking cover this. <laughs> you know? By not covering it <laughs> not by not covering it by not touching it with a 10-foot pole yeah. just kind of like what they did between the election and the inauguration they did the and you know like 538 was the first people saying it that night when uh trump declared victory that night on election night and they were just like they made like a one statement nuh-uh basically you know it was just like one sentence that said nuh-uh and then they were like, yes, we've said that we're not going to indulge it other than just saying it's not true. We're not going to elaborate. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to give it more airtime. And fuck, it's it's a good strategy as far as like public relations and, uh, you know, manipulating the public perception. It's a very good strategy. Another thing that um, I've tr- kind of tried to tell the people who are just so, there are some people, man, who are just so fed up and crushingly sad and I like for me I'm not there you know like my life is still good and fine and wonderful and um they they're they're just like so distraught they like the next four years are gonna be so fucked and really uh, the media does so much of pushing that it's like the 33 executive orders that he signed there's gonna be lawfare and pushback in the courts I mean we that's a good point. We just saw in the last four years the most massive appointments of federal judges everywhere. And you can't just flip it 180. You can't have it both ways. You can't say for four years, oh, my God, the courts are going to be lost for a generation, is what the liberals were saying. But then now it just flipped 182. Oh, no, those are all just establishment players, and it didn't really do anything. If it didn't really do anything, they wouldn't have been shitting their pants over it for as long as they did. Now, what's going to happen? The same thing is going to happen that happened under Trump, where a federal judge shuts this down, a federal judge blocks this, a federal judge puts an injunction in. Uh, The difference is it's not going to be headline news rubbed all in your face every fucking time it happens, the very second it happens. That judge in Hawaii who became a meme himself from striking everything down, every time that motherfucker filed anything, it was all over the press for you know, 72 hours, they would talk about it. Uh, it looks like Texas just successfully got a federal uh, smackdown on this uh, immigration halt. So one of his EOs was an immigration freeze, and Texas sued. And, you know, within six days of him getting sworn in, a judge uh, stopped his immigration freeze. So I don't expect to, that to get wall-to-wall coverage of Biden's EO getting shut down. 
But it's still going to happen. It's still going to play out in the courts. And people who think that, like, people who think that it's all completely different don't understand how our system works at all. And that the the real, uh, it's, <clears throat> it's a discredit and a disservice that our media does, which, uh, of course, everybody listening to this already is well aware of uh, what a dog turd the, the mainstream media is. But this perception, I'm just trying to say, isn't actually real. So for all of the, for all the doomy doomers, it's not that doomy. And for all the like gleeful people on the other side, it's also not that like sunshiny either. There still are checks and balances, even though they can fuck with an election and, you know, rig an election. There are still all of these different mechanisms in place to act as checks and balances that are still there. They still exist. And uh, there's no real reason to get like to where you're jumping off of the roof about it, man. Like there's really not. I promise there's going to be pushback. There's already pushback. There's been pushback this whole time. So that's not going anywhere. I would really still, just like I've been saying this whole time, I would love to see the election fraud addressed because it's going to just be, it's going to be tough to even vote or have any motivation to vote ever again unless it is addressed. I'm not giving up on it ever being addressed. I always knew if it ever was actually handled and actually resolved, uh, it would take forever and it would be impossible odds. And the, the swearing in of a new president doesn't change any of that. And it also doesn't immediately necessarily sweep it under the rug forever either. So it's not like uh, it's not like I'm all in or that my future is 100% dependent upon the election fraud of 2020 being totally resolved and broken down. Um, and I've talked to you about this a couple of times. Like, they lied to us in 63 about how Kennedy got killed. They lied to us in 2001 about how the towers came down. They lie to us all the time about shit, and... You know, I hope that one day we know the full truth of what happened to JFK. And maybe we can discuss, uh, we're going to have a great discussion about that tomorrow night on Abs and the Six Pack. I hope that someday we really do get the full story of what happened on 9-11. Just like I hope that we get the full story of what happened this past November on election night. And will it happen? I don't know. I, I think on a long enough timeline we're going to figure out all of this stuff. Because people know... And it's out there. There are records. Uh, so a, a lot of people, in the, even in the JFK thing, are still alive today. And uh, even though H.W. Bush is dead now, like, his kids all know what's going on, you know? Like, they've, they've been governors and presidents. Uh, well, president and governors, I should say. They know. There's a lot of people that know. So it's not like it's never, ever, ever going to see the light of day. Um uh, it just is tough. I understand that it's tough just as one individual person with no power whatsoever, just a regular plebe that, you know, what what can you do really about it? And that's why I don't really worry too much about what you can do, what, you know, my life is what what I'm doing for me and my family and my household, what I'm doing for my career, what I'm doing for my friends and family and the people I love. And that's what I can affect. And so that's what I'm focusing on. I'm not going to focus on the House and the Senate, where I have absolutely no fucking influence, you know? I still call Josh Hawley and leave him messages every once in a while, but, you know, I'm not going to call Roy Blunt anymore. This, this, it's a waste of my fucking time. The only thing I can do is irritate him enough to where he wants to make my life bad. Fuck that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I'm just, it's like water off a duck's back. Like, they're not going to come here. Hope not. Well, if they, <laughs> if they do, it would be a huge miscalculation. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Uh, I didn't. I I think I saw the like the office of inspector general has some sort of is taking some sort of look see into the election. Sure. Yeah. The uh, the O and I put a press release out yesterday, basically saying that they're opening an investigation into abnormalities. And you know, I the mean, big reaction to that is like, oh, whoop de doo, another fucking investigation up. that they're gonna do. You know, which I totally get that. I hope something great comes out of it. But am I? Am I thinking that's probable? No. 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 The the pro- That's the thing about it is that when you look at the probability, they're probably going to lie to us forever and they're probably going to keep us slaves forever. But the whole, that's the whole hero story. That's the whole uh, tale as old as time, you know, that when the good guys win in the end, it's by overcoming big ass odds. When If the good guys win in the end... It's because they outsmarted and outwitted the the huge uh, power that was drunk on hubris and, uh, you know, didn't plan for the little guy to win. It's the David and Goliath thing. You know, if the good guys win and if the election fraud is going to be addressed, then it already has been secured. Basically, look at it this way. If we're fucked, then we're fucked and we're always going to be fucked. So there's no real use like fighting being fucked but if we're not fucked if if they're going to bring a case and resolve the election fraud they already collected the evidence because that happened that happened in november right yeah. so there's no more evidence they can collect on what happened that night in november that hasn't already been collected so it's out there somebody has it probably several somebody's have it what comes of it who knows but it's just like it's so out of any of one of our purviews Right. Or job, you know, scopes that uh, we would just have to wait and see. Wait yeah. and see. Mantis and I, energy. Mantis energy, but even uh, even a different energy than that, you know. I'll have to come up with a better one because it's, it's definitely shifted. Um, I've, it's funny because I was mantis until the, until the sixth. Hmm. But that would have been the, the time for the mantis to strike. And like everybody who did... <laughs> basically like struck into a honeypot yeah definitely struck into a honeypot you know it was a big setup and i love that they're trying to change the whole narrative on it i really like <laughs> i'm so glad that i had kids and classes and a, and a career coming up uh career change coming up to where i like just couldn't make it you know because i really wanted to go dwadam says we need more untis energy i think that's that's definitely something to look into Always more. A little bit of oomph, <laughs> oomph, oomph, baby. Well, you mentioned pushback, and um, Josh Hawley's bringing some pushback. He filed a counter-complaint against the Ethics Committee and the seven Democratic senators who asked the Ethics Committee to investigate him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll see. This is going to launch an investigation into them, and uh, we'll see where it goes. It is crazy, though, how he became kind of a poster boy for, like, you know, they they kind of moved their Trump hatred onto him. Yeah, I mean, you can say what you want about uh, politicians playing politics. And I do definitely have a cynical streak, although I tend to be mostly an optimist. Um, 
I'm not like a starry-eyed optimist, let's say, <laughs> or a cloudy-eyed optimist. I'm not like I'm not like guaranteeing prediction of sunshine and rainbows because like existence is suffering a lot of it. But for Holly, I mean, he's the only senator I know of who has like responded to constituent input directly. I've never seen it and I've been doing this I've been calling senators for a long fucking time, you know, most of my adult life, almost all of my adult life. So he's the first guy I've really seen actually respond to what the people are saying directly and not in some kind of a fucking cheese ball like, oh, yeah, we appreciate your input, but this is why it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. Like uh, something like what Roy Blunt sent me. <laughs> yep. About the elect, you know. He he basically sent me, hey, you know, I'm on the uh, inaugural planning committee. And his cheese ball mug has been pictured standing right next to fucking Biden so many times in the past week. It's like ridiculous, dude. Yeah. So he's in there with the critters. Um, And if elections matter at all, he's got no chance in 2020 to 2022 because he's up for reelection. Um, I think that there are certain states that are a little bit more compromised than other states. Uh, but you know, here in the city, I think that there's a lot of voting manipulation in any big ass city. Oh, for sure. I think it's easy and they think, they think they can do it. But, um, our rural population here in this particular state is high enough that I think it's a little bit harder to pull off than in some places that they pulled it off. So we'll see. I don't know. As of right now, man, like I can't really think about 2022 and going to vote again, like still have a bad taste in my mouth. We'll see what happens. I'm not saying that I'm never going to vote again, but I'm saying if there was an election tomorrow, I wouldn't fucking bother. Yeah. I would not fucking bother. Well, Missouri senators have been busy this week. Mm. <laughs> um, Let's see. Rick Bratton of Harrisonville. He pitched a bill Monday that would allow the use of deadly force against protesters on private property and... Give immunity to people who run over demonstrators blocking traffic. That was my honk to get out of the way. <laughs> a good one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they haven't scheduled a vote on the bill yet, um, but you know it's it's getting a lot of uh, negative <laughs> reactions in the media. Reactions. Yeah, reactions. Oh, they're they're nonviolent protesters. They just burn buildings down and destroy small businesses. You know, that kind of thing. I really, uh, this is the one part of the picture I think that the Doomers are, have a hard time seeing right now just because they're so sad because they were so emotionally invested. And really, for anybody who's struggling with this on any side of the spectrum, because my whole fucking life I have not been a spectrum guy, I you know, not even just politically, but just about anywhere, religiously, philosophically, uh, I can't really pinpoint on a binary scale where I'm at on most things, right? I'm kind of fluid. I see a lot. Uh, I'm very meta with like what I think. And I even hesitate to use the word believe because I do not believe a lot. There's not really, it's, it's hard to believe almost everything. So but belief is kind of weird for me personally. Um, but I would say like, you've, you've got to realize that this, the unity that they're talking about and the unity that we actually need is just the regular people, just the American people. We're all just American people. And 
they've got to separate it in race. They got to separate it in gender. They got to separate it politically. They got to separate it just about everywhere. You know, rich versus poor. They got to separate it on all these illusionary fault lines that isn't actually where the war is being fought. The war is a very small, very evil, very powerful group of people who run the whole fucking thing and not just the country, but the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we call them the New World Order. They've been called the Deep State. They've been called a lot of fucking things. But like the first line of the Tao says, like the name that can be named is not the eternal name. And whatever you've read about is bullshit on purpose. Mm-hmm. But it's us versus these fucks. And we can't get lost in that. We can't lose that idea. You know, our enemy is not the dumbass who is your neighbor who believes something that you, that's not the same as what you believe. He seems like your enemy, and he's been trained to be your enemy, and you've been trained to be his enemy. But that's just fucking programming, man. The enemy you never heard of. The enemy doesn't have their name put in the papers. The enemy doesn't have their picture on the TV screen. And they're the men that move in the silence and in the shadows and decide all of this shit. And we can't, like, get all wrapped up into this shit. We're all we're all just the American people, as far as this country goes. You know, I'm yeah. always I'm always open on dialoguing because that's what that's what always surprises people. I think when they are just one on one with me, because usually people either perceive that I'm lockstep with what they believe, or that I'm like total opposite of what they, what they believe. And neither of those things ever turns out to be true. I'm skeptical about most things, man. Yeah. Well, I don't know. And I'll be the first one to say I don't know. You know? Well, I don't know either. We don't know. We don't we know. Don't know. Just I'm not going to pretend like I do know. <laughs> I'm just going to point out like what looks weird to me and ask a lot of questions and think. I love thinking and I love game theory. Think about like what could be possible. Well, this could be possible. This could happen. Well, okay. never going to happen. <laughs> so the, the use of deadly force against protesters on private property is interesting in this state because of the McCloskey case right which i don't know where that's at yeah it's been a while since i heard an update on it status of that is but they didn't even use force i mean they had their guns is holding your gun using deadly force that's the double standard under which we live is that a molotov cocktail is peaceful and pointing a weapon and not firing is violence that's where we're at that's where we're at right now but we also in this state have castle law we do. We, Where, have a, we have a castle doctrine. You know, if you break into my house and I shoot and kill you to defend myself, I'm good. Hopefully. Hopefully. So, I don't know. Uh, the bill, it looks like this bill has a lot of other shit written into it. Um, as, you know, they often do. And I saw that the Kansas City Police Union is backing it pretty loudly. Interesting. Um, it, let's see. Yeah, because they said anyone charged with assaulting a law enforcement official or first responder would no longer be eligible for bond, probation, or parole mm. under the legislation. And that's, I don't know. Because <laughs> if you spit at a cop, like, that's assault, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Everything's going to go real polarized here, especially at least in, in the short world. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's that nothing's black and white mindset you know, that I the, have, you know? The blue states are going to do away with bail. The red states are going to ramp up bail. Like, this is, uh, I mean, Texas has filed papers to split, you know? I'm t- it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be wild. It's going to take something big and crazy to bring everybody back together. 
And I do not say that lightly or like write it off as a possibility. I mean, it's happened before a few different times in our history. You can think about the times. Like 9-11 is the one that is probably the most recent that we can all remember. But, I mean, fuck. I was only 11 when that happened. And I remember it very well still. Like the the complete and total lockstep unity that everybody had. There wasn't any Democrat or Republican after 9-11. It was Just all Americans. American. It was all American flags. It was all, like, every show that you went to, it was, you know, military stand-up in the crowd for a year here. I'm sure it didn't maybe last as long other places. But, and that's another thing, too, is it happened in New York. So it wasn't even, like, this whole, you know, oh, this is a liberal hotspot. Well, it didn't matter. Like, all of that melted away. Well, is it going to take another thing like that? Well, I hope, I hope. I would hope not. I hope it goes some other direction. But let's just say that, like, there are, <laughs> there are ways of making us unite. Well, you know? you know, I think Trump woke a lot of people up. And I think that a lot of Biden voters have woken up rather quickly, which yeah. surprised me seeing the voting regret. It's like, uh, do you read at all? No. Uh, no. They don't. <laughs> but- and that's another thing about, I mean, we all are well aware of the FBI's six-week cycle. And the reason that they did a six-week cycle is because... Almost nobody remembers news from six weeks ago. Like, it's like a fucking goldfish with the general public. When you measure it at a level like that, the general public. So the public can remember sports stats from all, however many fucking, what, 17 weeks of the football season or whatever, you know? Yeah. But they cannot remember any kind of actual, like, current event or uh, political headlines. From six weeks. So that's why you can change the script so often. You just change it up, change it up, change it up. And uh, nobody will cry foul. Now it's it's getting a little tougher, I think. I think that I think you're right in that um, Trump kind of exposed a lot of the shenanigans. And I think that they're just not changing the playbook at all and hoping it still works. But mm-hmm. I just don't see it as sustainable. Is it still working in the immediate term? Like it seems to be working right now for them. But I just don't see that as being sustainable in the long run. And, you know, again, I could be overly optimistic. I'm totally open to that possibility. Yeah. Well, we'll see where this bill goes. Maybe we'll be able to run over protesters on the highway. (laughs) Please! (laughs) Uh, And then another bill was introduced that you might have heard about. The Second Amendment Preservation Act. Hmm. Also introduced by a Missouri senator, Eric Burleson. Um, and the summary is it would nullify any gun control efforts Biden might create, but really it's just any federal efforts. Yeah. It's just saying like, no, no, the, you know, federal supremacy doesn't apply to firearms. Right. And you're in Missouri, bitch. Precisely. And and. I haven't seen many people reacting to this one. <laughs> I guess there were a few letters written testifying against it, but um, no one got up and spoke against it when they uh, heard it or whatever. But there were quite a few people who spoke in favor of it, including um, one senator, I believe, whose son was shot and killed giving a ride to... Um, 
a felon who had a gun and he just made the point like private citizens need to be able to protect themselves and criminals aren't they don't follow the law anyway right so so yeah uh and you know what really makes me proud to be a missourian today what's that missouri ranks last in the national vaccine rollout that Did doesn't you surprise see me story? at all bro that does not surprise me at all <laughs> We are the show me state for a reason. And I will also say that whatever it is, I don't really even know how or why, but we have always been the last holdout on pharmaceutical pharmaceutical tyranny. And uh, a big one was that prescription opiate registration program. And Claire McCaskill, for the fucking longest, tried to get us. We were the only state not on it. And she would always do these pressers and bitch about how embarrassing it was that we were the only state like back in the stone age apparently because we didn't put everybody who on got a list. we didn't put everybody on a fucking federal list because they were prescribed opiates and all the other states do that as far as i know we still don't fucking do that but missouri dude is the show me state and even on the local news here all of the vaccine stories have been about people going well i don't know i'm gonna wait and see how everybody else turns out you know like nobody fucking wants that shit and they are not even putting stories out like they can't even find man on the street people to say oh yeah it's awesome go get it no (laughs) no no um yeah the new york times and washington post work together to write this story ranking the states based on cdc data and um only four percent of missourians have received their first dose tight um i guess nationally 5.6 percent of the country has received their first dose which just happens to be 331 million people oh so close so close (laughs) but yeah so here we are uh resist we much yeah governor parson tried to spin it and say that um well i guess there's some federal initiative to get the vaccine out through like cvs and walgreens and that they're just not doing it yet and in missouri and blah 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 and i was like this is an interesting spin brother but just embrace it just be like no yeah just tell them to fuck (laughs) off man see that's that's another thing that was so funny and cool about trump is like they'd do this, like, worry-ward-ass pressure tactic shit, and he would just tell them to fuck off, yeah. you know? And uh, it was refreshing just to see a and guy And what other going, politician mm, does that? No. No. Holly, how, about, how about you go get stuffed? Holly tries. I mean, he wrote an op-ed in, uh, I think it was The New Yorker this week, just saying, like, we gotta fight censorship and whatever, but, yeah, you know. Libtards on... Uh, like Don Limon and shit just made fun of him for, which is what they always do. Oh, I mean, he's just been dragged through the mud, but... Yeah, he's going to keep doesn't getting dragged. Matter. doesn't matter. He answers to the voters of Missouri. Yeah. You know? And that's the only people he should answer to, supposedly. Now, if the, if the... We've talked about this before, too, but if things were run right, senators would answer to the state governments of their states. And representatives would answer to the voters in their district. And that's how it's supposed to fucking work. But since they jacked it all up with a constitutional amendment, um, they should only be answered to the voters of the states. You know, they're an at-large uh, seat. So it's in my experience, man, from the people that have represented me directly, he's the only senator I've ever 
felt like I wasn't totally and completely wasting my time yeah. talking to you. I was going to say, they only answered a lobbyist with checks in hand and right. fancy dinners. You know, I've, never had any, yeah, I've never had any kind of fucking money or anything, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of having money everything, you want to go behind the curtain? <laughs> oh, shit. You got money back there? Well... I was going to talk about the recession-proof industry that we love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, legal weed. Also our first time I ever topic. Yes, Buying right. legal weed tonight. Legal weed's <laughs> good. Yeah, if you want to get your legal weed story in, there's still plenty of room in the voicemails. 816-607-3663. We'll get you there. So, um, I guess a lot of people are speculating that Missouri will go full wreck within four years. Um, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, medical is like a baby step to full wreck. I am disappointed that the Show Me State didn't just go full wreck, but whatever. Can't can't complain. It's a step in the right direction, right? <laughs> it's a step in the right direction, after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction, after all. Yeah, what she said. But um, Prairie Village. Across the border, the state border here in Johnson County, they could be the first city in their county to decriminalize the good herb. Nice. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the fucking club 15 years later. Seriously. Uh, Lawrence and Wichita have done that, which makes sense. Being little college cities. Yeah. It's funny that, yeah, Lawrence is the college city and then Wichita is a college, but then also... Um, I'm going Wichita. Yeah, just kind of a good... Uh, Never have I ever been to Wichita. The right voter base for it, let's say. Okay. Uh, I get And it's interesting, I saw that first-time offenders... <laughs> offenders. If you get caught with pot in Lawrence or Wichita, the fines are between $1 and $25. Nice. Yeah. I, saw that. I was like, nice, good work, guys. Good work. <laughs> That's a step in the right direction after all. <laughs> But, um, you know, their city council um, in Prairie Village is just talking about how, look, we're right over the border. State line is just like one side of the street, you know, if you go to State Line Road, literally State Line Road. And uh, if they're going full wreck, I mean, there's going to be a bunch of people driving around with weed that are going to just show up here. I love that argument every time it comes up because it totally like puts in the blinders all of the people that have been driving around with weed for fucking decades decades you know what i'm saying it's so hilarious to me it just kills me yeah but those are like oh legalization's coming so like everybody's gonna be like driving around with weed and they're gonna be like smoking weed and like people are gonna have weed it's like it's hello it's the difference of someone Hello. Someone just being a criminal versus when the state laws are that you can drive around with weed now if you're a medical patient and then you just like happen to stop at Target that's on the Kansas side. Right. And you have your medical card and shit and it's like maybe you didn't even know you were in Kansas. You know, state line road. Look, I'm saying like you're just suddenly in Kansas there. if, If you don't know where you're at. Or you're not familiar with the area, it's very easy to get in Kansas and not even know it. Now, this kind of shit is crazier to me in New England, where, like, 
it's so close and like Rhode Island laws and Massachusetts laws are all so different. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, holy shit, I didn't even know I was in Rhode Island. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the argument they're making. But I don't care. Go ahead, decriminalize. That's a good that's a good step in the right direction, guys. <laughs> and I'm sure more places will follow suit if they do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Kind of surprised and also not surprised that the village was the first. I don't know. Um, My guess, because uh, the Kansas City Star ran an article on it, and it was like this. Johnson County City could be the first to decriminalize. And so then we were like guessing which it would be. And you were like, what do you think? OP? And I was like... Yeah, I was like, is it OP or Leewood? What do you think? And I said, I was like, Mission. <laughs> mission. Mission would have been a good guess. Probably like, better than I OP. Or I was like, I know it's not going to be like Olathe. I know it's not going to be Lenexa. Yeah. The village, though. I mean, the village, you know... They are like, uh, a lot of those people over there are like the liberals that are still true liberals. Hmm. A lot of them. Where it's like the free love hippie liberals, you know? Yeah. Who don't want weed to be illegal. How soon to legal acid, asks Booberry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... Not soon enough. <laughs> I mean, it's decrim in Oregon. In Portland, I think you can... Put anything and everything in your butthole. That's Schedule One, and you won't get in trouble. I yeah. think th- I think that's what they did. Yeah, everything. 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 <laughs> now this one almost made my top three thirty three, but it didn't. <laughs> so it's my like <laughs> it's my number four of the thirty three segment. Okay. Uh, and it's a weed story. Um, but Keegan Peterson. Founder and CEO of the marijuana tech firm Work, W-U-R-K, dies at the age of 33. Uh-oh. Now, Work was um, a payroll and human resource solution company hmm. exclusively for cannabis businesses. Um, and I guess they had like 60 employees. They worked in 33 states. I was like, oh, a little double here. And his cause of death hasn't been listed anywhere yet. So, but 33, I was like, damn, we'll see. I don't know. That was an interesting one. a little bit ominous. Yeah. I hadn't heard of that company before either, but granted, I don't, I'm, I don't work in a green business. (laughs) So, yep. I might've, it would be like, uh, is that kind of like ADP or whatever? (laughs) You know, like, it's like ADP for THC, man. Yeah. ADP for THC, I like that. It is crazy watching the legal market come out because they've had so so many fucking battles, like not being able to work with banks and all that stuff. Um, Arizona turning into the show me state, setting the record for fastest turnaround from passing rec to launching their sales. They did it in two months, guys. Damn. Two months. And uh, they're even good during to go. these difficult times. Even during together apart, they did it in two months. <laughs> so yeah, these shops got I, the shops got licensed and up and running in one month. A lot of them. And I say fuck yeah, good for them. That's awesome. Um, of course, you still can't like smoke weed in public places 
in Arizona, and they yeah. don't have any delivery services set up now. But that comes later. You yeah, know? delivery service always trickles out. But I've been a long time advocate for the public consumption uh, framework. There has to be public consumption framework because <laughs> there's already public consumption in action. Well, people do that. Now, does like a membership lounge get around public consumption because it's not public, it's private? There are a few ways you could uh, kind of goof around, yes. Um, if there was like a, a membership club and private property and that kind of thing. So like, for instance, right, with the legal markets, you can smoke in your own private home, your own private residence. So if you're at a private landed club or whatever, if it's private then there's a loophole to be found there. But, you know, if you walk down the Westport row of bars and see everyone hammered at 2 in the morning, uh, the hypocrisy just reeks. Yeah. For banning consumption publicly of of weed. And, you know, being able to sell just joints, fuck, dude, you could have a joint bar and have $5 joints and you could make a goddamn killing. Hell yeah. A killing. But I'm just saying in the meantime, I'd like to see more businesses have like a private membership and just do that loophole, you know? Fuck well, it. that's the thing about if you're a business. like Oh, then you're, you're not private? If you're open to the public, then there's a certain... Like, you could have like a back room that you have to like get sign in with a bouncer. Yeah, you, you have to like send them an email and get approval and be vetted to go back there. It's a, come on. I just want to see... This uh, more ingenuity, small businesses. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I bet you can smoke weed at a country club. I've never been a member of a country club, obviously. But. I've never been a member of anywhere I've smoked weed, and I've smoked weed at a lot of places. So, <laughs> let's <laughs> be fuck. I mean, cannabis cup, I didn't even sign into the medical. We had wristbands, man. We had wristbands, we had yeah. wristbands, man. VIP wristbands. We had the uh, vendor wristbands, man. <laughs> oh, that was awesome quite a story we've talked about it on previous shows so you remember how in massachusetts the commonwealth dispensary association filed a lawsuit once the uh, delivery rules came out yeah um a bunch of prominent businesses pulled out of the association because of that um saying that it conflicted with their commitment to equity and inclusion in the industry. Nice. Good. Fuck them. And now the association is withdrawing its lawsuit. Ha, good. <laughs> because basically they're not really Sweet much justice. of an association yeah. anymore. <laughs> oh, you want to sue us and shut down the green market? Well, you're a fucking racist. Boom. Over. <laughs> yep, over. You're done. <laughs> Too many associations You're anyways. fucking done, bud. That's hilarious. Yeah, I thought that Using was pretty funny. Using shit against him, bro. Yep. He didn't follow proto, buddy. You're done. You're done. Um, wholesale flower prices in Colorado are at a five-year high because of all this booming demand. So high. Right now, the average wholesale pound of bud is going for $1,721. Wow. I am really high. Now, in 2014... The average wholesale pound was $1,876. Uh, but four years later, or two years ago, <laughs> in 2018, it hit a record low between like 700 and 850 bucks for a pound. 
Um, so they're booming back up just because demand is so high with the Rona and the lockdowns. People not going on vacation, but having a little mental vacation, relaxation, de-stress, sesh. <laughs> and um, I guess there was an inventory manager quoted in this article I read who said that um, certain brands are selling pounds that are $4,000. $4,000 pounds just for, you know... These, uh, it doesn't surprise me. Probably high THC strains <laughs> and whatnot. I mean, just like Premium with, any, flour. with any other product, when you get something that's artisanal and quality and small batch enough, there's no there's no real ceiling to what you can charge. You True. can charge in a free market the price that the consumer will pay for a good. So, you know, that's just fucking simple Econ 101 right there. Yeah. Make good shit, and people want it, people buy it, there you go, done. I'm done in, and done. I'm interested to see how long this will last, you know, and yeah. good for them. Good for them indeed. <laughs> Hell of a market. <laughs> um, Now, I did, this was interesting to me. The first big tobacco company to get into the legal weed and hemp game, Uh, they're exiting both after filing for bankruptcy in June. It was Pyxus, P-Y-X-U-S International, who owns Alliance One, um, which is one of two publicly held independent leaf tobacco merchants in the world, headquartered in Morrisville, North Carolina, with 3,330 employees. I thought it was worth noting. <laughs> and so, yeah, they're out. And I just, I'm like, wow, to see a big tobacco player be out of the game. That's interesting. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. There's, there's been lots of studies um, about, you know, opi- opioid use and users who switch to weed. Um, but another one just came out from Canada, finding that nearly half of the medical users stopped using opioids altogether after 12 months when they started smoking weed. And they also, an interesting note in the study was that many, they just said many of the subjects switched from flour to ingesting oil extracts. In the term ingesting oil extracts, I was like, is this like Rick Simpson oil? Is this like dabs? Like, hmm. what does that mean, ingesting oil extracts? Probably like uh, RSO. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know either. It, seems, it didn't it specify. It seems vague, yeah. Well, the way they say it sounds vague. <laughs> and then... Um, just oh, about all of the... Oh, yeah, Carolyn says probably gummies. Um, yeah, I was, gonna, I was about to say, just about all the edibles are made with an oil infusion. Yeah. But either way, I think it's... Um, I think these studies are really good to share around during this lockdown, however much longer we're going to see it, because I think... America specifically has seen a lot of um, opiate-related overdoses right. uh, spiking. And, you know, there's it, there's weed, and it helps. Yeah, it's an exit drug, actually. Yeah, I love that. It is an exit drug. It now, is an exit drug for other very nasty shit that you could be doing. Yeah. In Delaware, the state auditor has recommended legalizing weed in their report. Just stating simple facts like 
annual revenue could grow by $43 million. And there would be like 1,400 new jobs created. Fuck so, yeah. Burger King, fuck you, Pizza Hut. <laughs> Come on, Delaware. Let's get going. Yeah, we don't want to be flipping burgers. Mm. And we can then, be trimming nug. Uh, my last little story here is that in Idaho, a senator who goes by C. Scott Grow, which just cracked me up. I don't know why. <laughs> C. Scott Grow. But his name is Cecil Scott Grow. And anyways, this Idaho senator proposed a constitutional amendment that would ban psychoactive drugs at the state level. Of course, with an exception to FDA-approved drugs. Um, and so, you know, he'll be trying to get this constitutional amendment um, to be voted on. And people will have the choice to vote it into law, which I just can't see when all the states around you or legalizing, and you just want to hunker down and just be like, no, no weed here. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, it's a bad. I just think it's a bad business decision. I agree, it's a bad business decision, but it's also evil. State sh- states <laughs> should be free to make them. States should be yeah. free to make them, and then the residents of those states and the businesses of those states should be free to punish or reward all those decisions as well. And that's what's going to happen. What, I mean, that's what's already been happening. I know, in like. <laughs> Medical patients in Idaho have to go be refugees in legal states. And that's happened in, from a lot of states. Yep. But it's just fucking sad. You know, like... It is sad. I've heard and, a know. lot of medical stories out of Idaho. And also some of the worst, um, like, the system comes in and takes children away from activist stories. I will say... Coming out of Idaho. And as far as the grassroots situation here in Missouri was, Colorado going full legal was the biggest blow to the grassroots movement in this state of anything that's happened we lost some of our absolute best and brightest people they got great jobs out there at dispensaries they got great jobs out there at grow ops they got awesome opportunities and also a lot of them were like what you said medical refugees who had no choice they had to flee yeah um and that like is such that's when the uh Big money was really able to just pick pick the football up and run it the rest of the way. So, well, Idaho, we'll see how this goes. Um, but they could just, you know, decide statewide, no weed. Yep. Not allowed. They could indeed. They could indeed. Well, hey, do you remember the first time you bought legal pot? I do. And some of our callers do, too, actually. We got oh, a few cool. voicemails. But, yeah, um, first time we ever bought legal pot it was in Washington, actually. Washington. Washington. <laughs> Washington State, yeah. Um, yeah, I you, remember. You and I were there on a little bit of a vacation. And they had a spot, and you could just, like, it was full rack, so you could just go in. Oh, fuck it. Was I, the, it I wasn't 21 yet. You were <laughs> not 21. And bouncer at the door, so I could not even get in. <laughs> yeah, they were checking and IDs. And, when you're and at it a was state- a very new program, too. It was, yes, like, it was. within the first year, and I want to even say, like, the first four months or something. I was just going to say, when you're out of state, you have to have two forms of IDs with everything you do. <laughs> when did full rec pass in Washington? Full rec. I'm not Washington good at guessing. But in my brain, I'm like, 2016. Once you're behind the curtain, you have to, like, look it up. 2012. No, it couldn't be 2012. That's way too early. Oh, yeah. 2014. I want to put weed. Well, what else does full wreck go with? Go into the wreck? Oh, I was getting like, like parks, and, I was getting parks, oh, parks and, wreck and wreck stuff. Of course. 
November 2012. So it was the summer 2013 that we were up there. It makes sense. That was a fun trip. That timeline lines up. So, yeah, it was just the summer after. It was probably like late May. And uh, walked in there, and it was like a... On the outside, it looked sketchy as hell. On the outside, it kind of looked like a porn store almost. Except for the sign was nicely designed. Yeah. It was like a weed leaf on Bars it on the window. Bars on the window. shutters so you can't see in or anything. There was a buzz to get in and a bouncer, oh, too. So you had buzz. to get buzzed in. <laughs> um, but then inside, it kind of had like still porn shop vibe, but with a Apple store vibe that was kind of forward. You know, it was like... It was like if a porn shop was wearing like an Apple store mask and costume. <laughs> and it was beautiful. All the stuff was like so it was nice like, and high quality. And they had them in little plastic containers with a label, get a THC measurement. You got where it was grown and like all types of fucking information on the label. It was so cool. And they give you a receipt. A receipt with weed, bro. I was like, huh? I think I paid like forty fucking eight dollars for a gram <laughs> or some shit. Yeah, but it was fucking good weed for sure. Hell yeah! One of this like twenty four percent or twenty two percent or something like that. I feel like I'm trying in my memory. I see the little like kind of trailerish building it was in, and it was like in a parking lot of a strip mall, right? Because then I think we went to like a used bookstore or something that was. Like right across the way? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. 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 You want to listen to a voicemail? Let's hear this caller's experience. Hey, bowlers. The first time I ever purchased legal weed. Yes. The first time I ever purchased legal weed. I'm in Colorado, so it was uh, right at the wave of yeah. all the beginnings of nice. all the legalization. So that was cool. Um, I scheduled an appointment with a doctor. Got a red card. It was like 50 to 100 bucks. It was super easy. I uh, just told him I got headaches. Could pretty much tell him anything the way right. it seemed. I've heard um, muscle went to the lot. pot shop. It was a few blocks from my own house. And um, anyway, in the years since then, I've been to uh, plenty of pot shops around this town. And that first pot shop that I went to, that was like six bucks from my house, always had the best stuff. I guess that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, lucky uh, location. Also, yes, I have I have a question. Um, I was told that the term marijuana, well, I know I know it came out of the whole push to make it illegal back in the 30s or 40s, but one of my friends was telling me that it was to um, link, link it to the Mexicans and the Catholics because of the names Mary and Juan, and they just smashed those together for marijuana. Hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but it was a good story until, yeah. That is interesting story. I don't know if I've ever heard that. Later, bowlers. Peace. Later. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't heard the Mary and Juan part. Mary and Juan, yeah, and the Catholic connection. Yeah, I haven't heard that yet. I'm looking through. Uh, is that the, the, Emperor, the wears, Emperor no- wears No Clothes by the Emperor to see if there's like a. A way to look that up or see the origin. I've heard a lot of different opinions over the years on marijuana regarding both its origin and its current use. Like some people, some people actually in their mind, they really feel this way. They're like, they think the word marijuana is like a slur and they won't say it. 
I don't believe that. I think that's a little extreme. Well, remember in the Moore Act, it was yes. written in that that word would be removed yeah. and replaced. They're trying to replace and like cannabis. I don't I oppose that. There's no reason to oppose it, but I also feel it's a waste of time. But uh, I think that marijuana is just like the Mexi- the Spanish term for it, the Mexico, uh, specifically from Mexico. And it just refers to, like, the smoked part of the plant. Like, the flowers, basically, is the marijuana. And uh, so that's what... Just one of the, like, hundred names that it went by. But uh, throughout the Emperor Wears No Clothes, I know he uses the term marijuana all the time. Like, unless he's specifically talking about hemp, it usually he's talking about marijuana in it. And you don't really see cannabis a lot. Mm-mm. Um now it's like the preferred term. Now everybody's like, you should use cannabis. You should use <laughs> cannabis. Um, it's fine. Call it whatever you want. We've talked about this before. We like to call it weed. Weed <laughs> pot. Pot's cool. Pot's fine. Grass sometimes if you're like trying to be old school. What about dope? Punching up. <laughs> dope <laughs> I don't is just. Think I've ever called it dope. No. Uh, I've known. <laughs> you know, I don't like to call it dope because that has a different connotation. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm not sure, though, uh, that is a funny story. Of, I've never heard that one before. Uh, Mary and Ron, uh, Mary and Juan being marijuana. Um, I will do some more research and answer that question next week in fuller detail. We'll have a little something to talk about. And the next caller had something to say. Hey, bowlers. Hey, Fletcher. Uh, believe it or not, I've never purchased legal weed before. That's our boy. Um, Captain Rebel. But, fun fact, yes. uh, a listener to Hog Story just sent me some in the mail. Fuck <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Wow. Exciting. And excited. The fact is exciting. And, uh, love your show. And I love you guys. Bye. Love you, we love you. Bye. <laughs> must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Yeah, must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice, man. Um, we have an awesome community around here, huh? Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I was able to actually find a man through a crypto situation, uh, on a one-time thing, which was cool. That was funny and wonderful. In the bowl, Fletch. (laughs) In the bowl. In the bowl, in the bowl. Uh, here's another caller. Okay. Oh! It is. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Carolyn Blaney's grandmother. <laughs> oh. And, and oh. I understand that, that your the topic today is to, the first time you have ever gotten to, to a legal weed store. I, now, now, I've been smoking weed, don't tell her, but, she, but, but uh, she has been, she, she doesn't know that I've been smoking weed for the last, Oh, oh, she'll be furious. <laughs> and so I go to the 
illegal weed store, and you hold it on the lineup, and then you go into the store. It is, it's like going to the, have you ever been to the, to the app, Apple store? Oh, Apple yeah. Store? Yep. And it's, you go to the, it's, it's like an Apple store. It is like and that. And they ask you it? what kind of, what kind of high would you like to get? And I said, <laughs> well, I, I just like to just, to smoke and then go to bed. So they suggested three and a half grams for $75. Woo! And I said, yes. And because it, it sounded like, and it was very, they said it was very high quality. <laughs> now, I, that's, that's where I, that, that is my story and I'm sticking to it. Stick to it, ma'am. In the bowl, Granny Blaney. <laughs> Grandma Blaney with the Canadian hookup <laughs> with the alley man. I've had an alley man for 50 years. Come on. This, that's what I've been saying this whole fucking time when people make these silly arguments like oh that's my favorite one i always see from like the public service ones that go on for the last 10 years it's like oh all these people are going to be driving stoned oh actually if you think about it probably a lot less people will be driving stoned cuz they don't have to like you know they can plan smoke wherever smoke at their it's buddy's house and- yeah <laughs> cuz you can't smoke at the pot shop so if you go and buy it you can't smoke it there you have to leave you know, before it was like anywhere you're gonna go and buy it, you're gonna fucking smoke it. Like <laughs> it's part of the you know, yeah, part of how you buy it. So yeah, I think that a lot less people actually in a legal market would drive stone just on that fact alone. What like the that. fuck do I know? What do I know about it anyway? Here's another call. Hey Spencer. Hey Lorian. Hey. Hey. Hey, this is Chris, uh, first time calling in. Oh, welcome. Uh, first time I ever bought legal weed was over in Spokane, or Spokompton, or Spokanistan. Spokanistan. <laughs> I've heard it all of it. Uh, I was over there, moved there for work, wasn't really sure about the new job, how things were going to be, kind of played it cool, probably been like six or eight months since I'd smoked, and finally kind of got the vibe that it was cool, and went into a shop, and... It was beautiful. Just <laughs> selections, varieties, joints, edibles, everything I wanted it to be. So, it was a good time. Uh, on a separate note, on one of your past topics, yeah, uh, first time I choked. Nice. I love these ones. The junior high, I had just started playing in the jazz band and wasn't really used to getting up and soloing. So, first time it came to me in class, I stood up. And completely choked. Oh, man. Oh. Not a sound came out. I just <laughs> sat down, embarrassed, and thought about it for the rest of the day. Yep. Oh, man. Proud to say I haven't choked since. Uh, nice. Something yeah. better than nothing. Give it your effort, and that's all you can do, right? Hey, love the program. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl, Chris. Thanks, Thanks for, for calling, calling in. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, choking is part of important life, uh, coming of age sort of thing, you know? Like, until you choke, and even sometimes, especially if you're doing something public-facing or something that requires a certain, like, performance level, like, you've got to choke at those specific things, too, you know, before you really overcome. And, yeah, it's just like you're saying, like, um, you got to, something's better than nothing, you know, you got to at least try and, like, 
Because you remember that time that you didn't even try and everyone was looking at you. And that was my choke, too, is, like, the drum thing. And I oh, played, like, yeah. 40 seconds of it and I just fucking ran away, like, as far away as I could get. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> they're all gonna laugh at you but you did better the next time yeah because you couldn't do worse exactly <laughs> well and that's kind of like powerful motivation too Hell you yeah. have uh i don't know the more times you do a thing too you have that experience base you can build build on that's why they say like riding a bike is like riding a bike you know mm, must be fucking nice riding a bike <laughs> Riding a bike is very easy, actually, but until you have done it, you don't know that. And then the first time you do it, you're like, holy shit. I get it. You don't know until you know. You just have to go forward. That's the trick to riding a bike. Nothing really about balance because the motion of the bike going forward keeps you centered. That's why you can lean to turn and then get right back up, you know. Hmm. It pulls you to center. So, bike's easy. Just got to get rolling on it. Keep it in motion. You know. You know. Is there another voicemail or you want to hear the first time I bought legal weed? I want to hear the first time the you first time bought it. I bought legal weed was in Colorado. I'm pretty sure. I was trying to think, did we go to SoCal for a cannabis cup before we went to Colorado? But I'm pretty sure we went to Colorado together first. I think we went to Colorado first. It's a much shorter road trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember the first dispensary we went into was like a little trailer in a very small parking lot um no checks at the door barred windows couldn't see in maybe like curtains pulled or something and when we got in it just felt like a head shop this place like it was just dim lit it had a good mood and just like one dude working the counter probably the owner and it was small and yeah it just had that head shop feel glass uh counters but it wasn't like an apple store this one was non-traditional and just like probably a one dude operation probably a head shop that yeah move forward with the business that's cool man you were there but (laughs) i'm bad at describing things yeah i remember yeah i remember (laughs) even though i'm behind the curtain i remember (laughs) i know we stopped there again the next time we went to um colorado because it's just like Somewhere so convenient. Yeah. Next time I'll write down their name and give them a shout out and be like, yeah, this place. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember finishing that cola before hitting Kansas. <clears throat> Coming back that one time, you remember? Yeah, I remember We that. had that um, weed-infused soda. So we were like, whoa, what the fuck is this? this is, I've never <laughs> seen this kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. it's like, that's another thing that's so beautiful about going anywhere that's like a legal market. You're like... Fuck, I didn't even think about the possibilities, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you've got a cola in a in a fridge here that that gets me stoned, huh? <laughs> so we pounded that thing right before the Kansas State line. <laughs> Driving through Kansas, you can just feel the oppression hit your shoulders. It's so fucking it's, stressful. Dude, it is. It's Leaving like... Colorado and hitting Kansas <laughs> is probably the worst three second thing you can do right now and i remember we were listening to no agenda on one of those drives driving through kansas and adam was playing obama backwards the choose hope 
And then it was like, hail Satan. And I was like, turn it off, turn it off. It was I nighttime. Forgot I forgot that was that episode. It was creeping Holy me out shit. so bad. I was like, dude, I love No Agenda, but we got to get through this part. And no you're like, doubt. just hang through. And he had he had so many creepy things he played backwards on that episode. Yeah, because that we were driving. I bet that was the cola we drank, too. And I was just like, whoa. Well, we, well it was at night, and it was that part of Kansas where it's just nothing but this big fucking winter turbines yeah and so it's at night they have the red glowing lights like on top there's just red fucking lights and shadows of uh these wind turbines <laughs> and adam playing the obama clips backwards oh yeah man. <laughs> that was wild <laughs> and you're in kansas ah! <laughs> just a lot going on at once that's for sure yeah that's for sure um for sure so you- do we have a first time picked up for next week? Um, I don't actually. Because yeah. last week you had mentioned one. I I got an idea. I just it just came oh. to me randomly. All right, let's hear it. We're gonna go with first time I ever won something out of the crane game. Oh, like the the you know. Yeah. The drop and the drop and pick it up. That actually perfectly ties into a story. In my gutters and strikes segment. No doubt. Yeah. That's interesting. They, uh... Bowlafterbowl.com. Oh, shit. Let's go bowl. Got I hit the wrong buttons. I got a little overexcited. Yeah. That's okay. We can do it again. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowl. That's the beauty of being in the bowl. You can do whatever. Most crane games in one place is in Japan. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I missed it in my notes, but I remember reading this story earlier. It's in there. <laughs> but yeah. Hell yeah, crane games. Crane games are fun. We just played one. Or well, our three-year-old just played one. Yep. A play till you win. Yep. And her first try, she picked up two toys. <laughs> so she gave one to her little sister. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah, you go, girl. She's got the magic touch for the tr- crane game, just like your dad. Uh, yep. The... I'm going to give people a kind of a pre-warning on this first time I ever, because I kind of kind of count two times, because there are, like you said, those play-till-you-win games. And oh. there was one at the bowling alley that I grew up in, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if, you know, like that was the first time I ever won one of those things, but I would do it frequently, and it was play-till-you-win. You always win. But I also... I'm looking for that first time on a like a ripoff style one that like you usually lose. She could still that's, win those too, but that's what came to my mind first was the ripoff ones because I think that honestly was my first experience, just out of them all. Yeah. So, yeah, here it is. Genda Sega Entertainment announced that Sega Shinjuku Kabukicho. <laughs> Flawless. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the dis in Tokyo, um, was awarded the Guinness record after installing 477 UFO catcher claw crane games in its facility. Nice execution. You're doing terrific. <laughs> claw crane games. Say that three times fast. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tang tungler. The they stole the record from Taito Station. In Fuchu, which boasted 454 of the machines. Is that 33? They beat them by 33? They beat them by 33. Bonus points. No, no, I did the math wrong. If they had 454, the new one has 477, then it's 23. 
Oh, Lord. Fucking 23. 23 is still a weird number, though. Yeah. 23, that's Duodenum's executive producership. Hey. Bing, ding, 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 ding. So, uh, another Japan story here. The Japanese government is considering um, putting some copyright rule enforcement in place on cosplay income. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying that's not possible to enforce. They said, um, you know, hobbyists, people who cosplay and don't make money, they're fine. You know, keep doing it. But if you earn income from cosplay activity, you would have to uh, share some, I guess, with the artist whose characters would be copyrighted. Hmm. Yeah, they're looking into it. There's no proposed legislation. It's just being discussed. And yeah, like I said, I don't think that's enforceable. Yeah. That, the whole world seem... round. But I do think that maybe cosplayers should consider a value for value model where they buy merch and support the artists that they like, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, I think they already do. If they're making cosplays, if they are that far into the rabbit hole of fandom. I mean, if you think in the new podcast 2.0 mindset of a cosplayer who's cosplaying a certain character set, let's say, and that character's rights are a certain thing, you just have a value split of all your work, you know? Yeah. You just put it in like, okay, this is your work, so you get a 5% value split. Boom. Yeah, I prefer that. And if we'd had contracts that worked like that, artists could work with each other and wouldn't even need any of these extra fucking leeches around. Mm. You're always paying a leech. Like, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Why, does pe- why do people need management? Why do people need all these different lawyers and bullshit? It's because uh, you're being manipulated. Another way this can go that um, we've discussed it for other topics is like the cosplayers could just like change a letter in the name or like change something on the costume and then claim like parody law, right? Yeah. Be like, oh, I'm not that character. Parody and fair use are going to cover any kind of a costume thing that's not a spitting image of the shit, you know? There's certain like licensed merchandise. So if you like rocking logos or certain shit, maybe, but I don't know. It's going to be really tough to enforce, in my opinion. I think you're uh, spot on on that. Yeah, they uh, they say all these different ways that cosplayers currently earn income by subscription or membership services, compensation for appearances at events like cons, or selling their costumes. Yep. Hmm. But hey, if you fucking make a costume and then I sell know. the costume, it's that's, your handmade product. That's like, yours a hundred percent. Yeah, the design is the artist or you know i don't know i don't know i like the value for value model for everything if you, yeah if you could just so. negotiate with them personally for a split that would be the freest and most transparent and honest and cheapest way to do it yeah uh if you need to tackle the january blues a bloomberg article suggests that macaroni pie is a rich treat that'll cheer you up Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, it was a British chef that uh, shared a recipe for it in this article and said that he first tried it in Barbados. Um, but I'm sorry, the, but the image they use in this article is disgusting. Like, it <laughs> okay, does not yeah. look... Okay, 
look, mac and cheese pie, you know, we're behind the curtain. I'll snack on it. I'll give it a try. But this picture is just gross. It's not that appetizing. I'm not going to make it. Like, if I'm around a mac and cheese pie, I'm going to snack on it. Like, yeah. I would any mac and Especially cheese. Especially if they got, eat, like, maybe some... Uh marinara to dip it in Ooh, yeah but look how dry that looks i'm <laughs> That's just why saying, I'm saying like, yeah marinara bro shame on the shame on the food photographer that uh, did this piece they really. could have made it look yummier even just by changing the background color like the table it's on white plate white table heavy shadow makes the crust look burnt yeah the only color going on is that kind of pale mac and cheese yellow yeah in the cheese it's got the like the brown bubbles which is like ugh. You know, like a touch is okay, but it's too many. You're triggered by the brown they, bubbles. They <laughs> baked it a little too long. It looks very dry. Mm-hmm. It just looks fucking dry. And um, yeah, that, that's my macaroni pie rant. <laughs> but if you want to make some, man, just make some macaroni. Mix it with some cheese and put it in some fucking. This says a flan bake. <laughs> I'm guessing you could just put in some pie crust and throw it in the oven. <laughs> I think you got triggered by me calling that a strike. You were like... And I was like, what if I asked you to suck my dick right here, lady? <laughs> you went after that, that pie. Was, that was a gutter. <laughs> that was a gutter, man. All right, I'll give you a gutter on it. Yeah, that's you, whatever. You, you really <laughs> earned it. You sold me on it. It's a Mar- gutter. Market zero. Market zero. <laughs> Two of ten. Would not snack dry. Would not no. snack dry. Maybe you convinced me with the mar- marinara. You've you've shown me the light. Okay. <laughs> um, Karen Knightley is no longer shooting nude scenes that are directed by men. <laughs> so, oh. I'm well. guessing I will no longer see Karen Knightley in movies. <laughs> well, he's female directed, maybe. Wow. But yeah, uh, it's, it's. I guess I just lost an item off my bucket list. Oh, she talks about. In this article, like, being under the male gaze and basically, like, the body being represented sexually. And she is up for, like, the body just being a body or looking into, like, post-pregnancy, like, being a parent Mm -hmm. and bodily changes through pregnancy. Which is interesting, but it's just like, man, even in those movies, you know, dudes watching it are still going to be looking at your tits and thinking a certain way. Like, those people are out there. Yes. For sure. Yeah. There's a lot of people who can't help but sexualize the body. That's fine. There is our a, culture. You know, and there's definitely a sexual aspect to the body, too. But it's not the whole of the body. No. And it's not the body whole. <laughs> and I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> there also is a part... There also is room for, like, comedy in both columns, too, you know? Like, yeah. But I just... Just make fun of the body. There's also a bit of humor to be had. I just think it's People sexist. People get so sensitive on all the directions of it, you know? I think it's sexist and a little bit too sexually oriented for her to say, I won't get naked in front of a male director. A male director is perfectly capable of filming a nude scene that has no sexuality involved with it. I agree. For sure. So, I don't know. Well, lots to work with there. Lots to work with, man. That I, is one that's in our wheelhouse. <laughs> I think Karen Knightley is sexy. Yeah. I support nudity. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Brinkamania says just the feet. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with feet lately? It's been like foot week. Foot week? Yeah. Every week is foot week. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, you've been seeing a lot of feet? 
one of one of, <laughs> one of our Colorado friends on the NAS was just posting about feet. It was an mm. ominous toot of just he just said foot pictures or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> you might want to be more specific just for safety. <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming back, all the foot pictures. Yeah. Foot pictures. I don't know. And then um, he was like, I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> so I posted a little milk bath foot picture. I was going to say, did you post a foot picture? Yeah. <laughs> That's the only appropriate response. I was like, well, fuck it. I'll play along. I don't know if anything else came of it. Feet. Feet. Yeah. Some people love them. Some people hate them. I'm pretty in the middle on them. Yeah. They're uh, very important. Yeah, you gotta feet have... Feet and teeth. You gotta have feet to get around. Yeah. Feet are more important than teeth, but I really like my teeth. I'm grateful for my feet and my teeth. <laughs> That's it. Where the fuck is teeth coming from? Things that are very important on the body. Okay. <laughs> for just daily function. Yeah, okay. Anyway... Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Space a SpaceX rocket ferried 133 commercial and government spacecrafts along with 10 Starlink satellites into space. Nice. But I like that they had to separate at that 133 number. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> so yeah, space junk. Bonus 33. Man, you even find them outside of the 33 segment. You're a monster at the 33s. I am. They just, you know. I like, I'm trying to put more of them into my gutters and strikes. Because that's the point. Is like, there's the magic number pops up so much. Yeah. My top 333 is just a little scratch of the surface of the content I read every week. Because the magic number was in the headline. (laughs) So, I'm sneaking them in here. (laughs) Um, Well done. Now we're going with just the magic number three. Uh, Sleepjunkie.com is looking to hire someone to test mattresses. This job comes around every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Mattress we, tester. We talked about mattress testing on a early... Yes. They were looking for a, cup, a couple to yeah. test mattresses. Yeah. And they had to have heavy social media influence. See, you know, yeah, they I had just, to be influencers. So <laughs> I just deleted my Twitter. <laughs> Fuck the social media, unless it's no agenda social. Yeah. Is where I'm at in my life. Um, I mean, I would be down to tweet from theirs, you know, but I ain't tweet, you know what I mean? I'm not going to fucking make one or you're not getting followers out of me out of it. (laughs) Bro. Oh, no. Because once you're in that influencer thing, you do the ad thing and we're value for value here. Exactly. But, um,. The caveat to this job is you have to sleep alone. Oh. They're just, yeah, so, like, I'm not applying. <laughs> but they're, they're looking to pay whatever sleeping beauty they pick, um, $3,000. Uh, they didn't say how many mattresses you need to test, but you get to keep the one you like the best at the end. So that's, like, an added probably $3,000 bonus. There. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Just make our three-year-old test <laughs> the matches. <laughs> oh, no. Um, anyway. Uh, an airplane, a small plane, lost its wheel flying into Chicago's O'Hare, and the wheel crash-landed in someone's front yard. That's no good. Get that wheel out of my yard, man. I know. 
That's just <laughs> junk in my sh- in my fucking yard. They're they're lucky it landed in their yard though, and not like through their roof. No doubt, or hitting somebody. Or their backyard where like kids or dogs or something were roaming. Just That'd come right on in the front door. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> There's, uh, I guess they caught it on film too. Oh Jesus! But Jesus, that would be scary. Seeing this wheel flying down from the ground. Ah! Help me. Um, a geologist found a geode with an uncanny resemblance to Cookie Monster, and they're speculating it's gonna sell for almost twelve thousand dollars. Look at this. It's got. It's just perfect. Like. The druzy part in the middle where the sparkly things are. My terminology is probably totally off here, people. But <laughs> it makes a smile. And then there's, like, these circles, like, agate circles that just perfectly look like eyeballs that have, like, black dots in the middle to perfect the eyeball look. I will post the link to the story in the bowl. Cookie. Crazy. It really does look like Cookie it looks Monster. Like exactly yeah. like Cookie Monster. That's fucking tight. They're saying, yeah, like $10,000 he's probably going to get for these deep blue quartz crystals when the rock was split in half. Nice. Yeah. A score. No doubt, dude. That would be such a killer find. Where did he find them? And he caught it right, too. You know what I mean? The volcanic like- rock was reportedly first taken from the Rio Grande do Sul region. Near Soledad in Brazil. Neat. Soledad? Neat. Yeah. Neat. You go, Mike Bowers. You got it, man. Good work. Strike for you, sir. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of people. I've read stories about people who invest a lot of money in rocks and then can't get rid of them. They can't profit off of them. Yeah. So I can remember there was one where uh, the woman had like one of the biggest quartz crystals in the world and she couldn't just. Just couldn't get, fucking get rid of it. She had yeah. like a trailer full of shit. She ended up having to sell her whole inventory. Huh. As, as to, a bulk sale. Yeah. Just to get like $10,000. Yeah, that's why you can't you can't get any kind of rock that you can't afford to like have as your piece, you know? True. Unless you are, unless you already have an established business going. Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a rock collection. We have a rock collection. Yeah, exactly. We have some fine specimen from our travel. There's some pretty shit in there, but you'd have to, you know what I mean? I wouldn't sell it wholesale. Fuck that. Oh, well, fuck no. But there are things I enjoy. Like, I bought them for me. Right. And if someone wants to pay me, like, four times what I bought it for, then that's cool. <laughs> but, you know, no, I like my rocks. Four seems slow, but yeah, <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, and then uh, let's see. Oh, this was a cute story. This couple got married in 2007, and one of their presents had a tag on it that said, uh, "Don't open until your first disagreement." So, of course, on your wedding night, that's hopefully not going to happen. I don't know. I mean, I guess it could have, but they ended up just stashing it away up on a shelf in their closet and totally forgot about it. Until um, they were trying to pick out gifts for their friend's wedding. And that sparked their memory of like, hey, do you remember that present that our grand, that the bride's grand aunt gave them? It said like, don't open until you disagree. They decided to open it since it's been over a decade. Um, and there was a bundle of cash for the bride and a bundle of cash for the groom with notes on them. 
So on the brides, it said, like, get pizza or shrimp, something you both like, and get a bath ready. And on the grooms, it said, get flowers and a bottle of wine. And I just thought that was so cute. It's fucking brilliant, you know, dude. I mean, we never disagree on anything. Right. But lots of... <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> That is a joke, people. Yeah. <laughs> but lots like of we haven't done that in the last twenty four hours, even. <laughs> Seriously, in the last uh, right before the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we were in lockstep on uh, <laughs> the goofy karaoke, <laughs> retard karaoke. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we were we were into it. Yeah, that was awesome. That was all you. You carried that. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was a damn cute story and just like a sweet reminder of like, I don't know. It's like you know, just a. You gotta, you gotta just, it's all in yourself, you know, like, there's nothing outside of you that's gonna solve a disagreement, and you have to be willing to listen, and, um, what's the word I'm looking for, where you're, like, meet in the middle? Yeah. Um, shut up. Compromise? Compromise is the fucking word I'm looking for. <laughs> a lot of, uh, in my advice for today, my relationship advice, you know, it's all... The doctor is in. A constant renegotiation of the rules and compromising together though right can't be one person it's like you just always have to be uh have that foundation of honesty and team player and lots of communication yeah that's how that's how it succeeds yeah and you know if someone's like (laughs) being a grump don't tear them down (laughs) yeah and if someone's trying to work don't like <laughs> Drop loud shit right near them and three times in a row. Scare them into a heart attack. Oh my god. It would have been fine if I had dropped shit once, but I dropped shit three times. I and then seriously, you, that's when you lost it. The first time you dropped something on that glass table, I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack because it came out of nowhere and I was like focused on this code and then it was just like, whoa. And I jumped. But then I was like, <laughs> fuck, no, I'm not even going to react. Because I already, like, suppressed the jump successfully, which I was, like, shocked about. And I was, like, just recovering from the adrenaline. And I was like, no, not going to say a word. And then you knock that sign down. Mm -hmm. Big metal clang. Mm -hmm. And I, like, (laughs) I, like, bustled up and, like, looked over. But you were, like, picking the sign up and didn't see me. And so I just looked back and typed. And then you dropped that same sign a second time, and I fucking lost it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I didn't drop it the second time. It just fell because I didn't place oh, it yeah. right. Like, you didn't I... drop it the second time. Hey, it's all your shit that's fallen, Only okay? the first time. <laughs> and then you put it back, and then it fell again. But you didn't drop it that second time. <laughs> well, uh, I have one more story to close the show on. Okay. All right. <laughs> a former TSA agent was convicted... For tricking a woman into showing her boobs at LAX. Oh, fuck. Is that illegal? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been groped by DSA, so I I don't know. But they didn't ask me to. He literally just said, like, I need to look in there to see if you're sneaking anything. And then he was like, they didn't mention this in the headline. He's like, hey, um, unbutton your pants and unzip them and then, like, pull your panties out. I need to look in there to see if oh my you're sneaking God. something. <laughs> That's a little bit too yeah, far. So he, he didn't grope her the way a TSA is, person is uh, paid to do. <laughs> he just asked for a sneak peek. And it's just that, weird they talk to checks into it. <laughs> it says, uh, charged with fraud or deceit to falsely imprison the woman. Oh, damn. But that, That's pretty it, fucking it, hardcore, bro. 
It doesn't say that he like pulled her into the tiny terrorist room or anything. So glad the TSA is out there keeping us safe. Oh my god. Trying to sneak a bobs and vagina out of people in the airport. Yeah. And now Jesus. Now what? You can't even walk into an airport without wearing a mask, right? And and don't you dare walk into an airport wearing the American flag, red, white, and blue. Nah, you can get in big trouble for both nonsense of those. like that. Both of those things. Both of those. Hey, we had a long one to make up for the short one last week. Hey, balance all at things. Us. Balance, balance. <laughs> I'll probably be in short one next week because next week I'm going into class. Ooh. On Wednesday morning, so this will be a fucking tight short bowl next week. Yeah, kind of keep it unpredictable. Thanks for hanging out, everybody, for the live show in the bowl. Or if you're listening to this later on in the week, hope you're having a good week. And we'll see you next Tuesday at 9 Central, which is our newish time. And uh, until then, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Wait, you said Ned has a voicemail? Yeah, there's more voicemails. Oh my god, and Booberry has a voicemail as well. Woo! Back into a voicemail mode. In the bowl, the first time I ever purchased the Weagle Lead would have been in Yakima. And if you look it up on a map, it's a crack in Washington. Uh, we were doing oh. the tech and rehearsals for 42nd Street, the musical, tap dancing extravaganza. And I had actually, this is probably within the first or second day of being there, and there was a big get-together dinner, you know, we pay your tab for the drinks, meet up with the production crew and some of the designers and the the stagehands, and I finished my food. I asked for my check politely, and I was like, peace, and got an Uber to the legal lead sword. Pretty good stuff. I don't know if I necessarily super care for, I mean, I want to be able to purchase it for sure, but some of it just gets to be a little too, too, uh, you know, rocket up in the space for me. Even after all these years, it's still a little bit of a, a little bit of a lightweight. So I like, uh, you know, nice mellow if I have to roll it up into some tobacco and, uh, call it mate. Anyways, booze out. Booze out. Blues it, boo, blues. <laughs> boo! Booze out the splifferoo. Yeah, I agree. There's some stuff that is just so high octane that it's like, what? What? Like, this bowl is not even finished, you know? That should tell you a little something about how this show is ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's been solid. Rock solid, you guys. Two thumbs up. Um, but I would rather do this way than miss the voicemails. Um, net, net. Take it away. I've never bought weed legally, but um, what? I bought edibles what? about a year ago. Um, technically, I've never bought weed legally. But uh, I went in with a buddy, and he's got a medical card. And when they rang, his, they rang me up first, I paid. Then they rang his up, and I'm like, well, did you get something different? Yours is like three bucks cheaper than mine. He's like, oh, no, a medical card only gets charged uh, 6%. Tax and uh, mm-hmm. recreational is eighteen. So, uh, and I was like, "Oh!" and walked out to the car, uh, sitting in the car, and he turns to me, he's like, "Do you want me to buy all that next time?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure, sure, yeah, I want to save the three dollars." <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. Anyways, I just have him buy it all the time now. 
There you but, go. Uh, the first time I ever bought weed was in Vancouver, and I used to go to Whistler uh, skiing. I went like we went like three different times with a group of friends, but uh, one of our friends had heard about uh, BC. Kind of like just stopped going after people that were growing and selling weed because it was like draining too much on their police force. Yeah. There was, like, a lot of stores and stuff that sold uh, weed there back. God, I don't know what years that would have been. Probably, like, the late 90s around there, maybe into the mm. 2000s. But, yeah, it was kind of a different experience to go there. So then I think, like, the first trip we only spent, like, a day in Vancouver, but it gradually got more and more. I think we were still spending, like, three days in Vancouver before we'd go up to Whistler. So, uh Anyways, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. That's cool. Kind of like the quasi-legal <laughs> selling of the stuff, the non-enforced. That's a pretty good spot. Pretty good spot to be in, man. Yeah, so like we said, next week, uh, first time I ever topic is going to be... First time you ever won uh, out of the candy crane game, or any crane game for that matter. Claw game? The claw game. Claw crane game. Insert money. Pick up claw. Well, hey, for the second time, thank you for hanging out. Yeah, I'm still DeLorean. <laughs> and I've been Sarah Spencer, <laughs> Wolf of Kansas City. All complaints may be sent to Spencer at bowlevenbowl.com. <laughs> yeah, keep those bowls burning bright, bowlers. You can't. You'd love it. You'd love it. Yeah, yeah. Yes! Yes! Lorian and Spencer. He does live in Kansas City. Dame DeLorean. Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl, bowl after bowl. <laughs> <laughs>